Lose the Cape Podcast, Episode 20. Welcome to the Lose the Cape Podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. I am so excited that we have finally made it to episode 20 of the podcast. It's only taken me almost two years <laughs> to get here, people. Um, well, I guess if you consider that two years is 24 months, I'm almost averaging one a month. But um, yeah, I had hoped that I would be much farther along in the podcast by now. But again, this is Lose the Cape and, you know, we're just doing what we can to make it through the daily juggle, right? So this is kind of funny. Um, I was looking through uh, the schedule and seeing who I had up for the podcast and um, looking at the different files that I had already recorded. And I had a few um, MP3s that I wasn't, they weren't labeled anything except for the date. And I decided to press play on one of them. And lo and behold, it was an interview that I had completely forgotten about, which is really shame on me bad because it, this interview with Kaylee was a great, fantastic interview, and I meant to publish it a year ago. So without further ado, I can't wait to introduce you to Kaylee. She is a writer, um, freelance writer, also the author of a great book that we're going to talk about called Good Moves, and it's all about strategy for having a successful move. Great for military families or anyone, or actually probably better for someone who's never moved before. Military families probably have it down pat um, at some point, but anyway, so that's my introduction, and um, I just profusely apologize to Kaylee because um, I'm not even kidding you. We recorded it on April 22nd of 2015. So do the math. Yes. Anyway, enjoy our interview. We've got a lot of great things to talk about, about uh, being a busy mom to two young boys and trying to work from home and all that great stuff, why she decided to write a, move, a book about moving. And you're just going to um, get a lot of great information. So... So don't forget to um, head on over to the website, to our blog page. If you are interested in getting your hands on any of the information we talk about, you can find the show notes uh, from today's episode at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 20. That's the number two zero. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our um our podcast, There's Just Not Enough Time in the Day at LoseTheCape.com, where we like to talk to busy moms and figure out how they get it all done. Um, I'm your host, Alexa Bigwarf, and today I'm excited to be interviewing Kaylee, rhymes with Bailey, from KayleeSullivan.com. Kaylee is a writer, a mother of two elementary school-aged boys, and an author of a book that we're going to talk about. So, Welcome, Kaylee. I'm excited to talk to you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited, too. Good. Well, first of all, um, I want to know, are you, do you um, write professionally? Or are you, I mean, other, obviously, your book, duh. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Where do I fall on the scale of writers out there, right? Right. <laughs> well, I, um, 
I have always had writing as part of my career. I started off um, working in marketing, which involves a lot of writing, um, telling a lot of stories, and working with clients, doing a lot of client-based work. So writing has always been part of my job. But I actually um, left my position before I decided to have kids. I was working in a pretty stressful startup, and I decided that I wanted to have the option to stay home with children. And so my husband and I decided we were going to try to make it on one income before I was even pregnant (laughs) because we wanted to make sure we could do it. So where most people – kind of go through the process of, like, they have a kid, and they're like, well, maybe I just won't come back from maternity leave. (laughs) I You (laughs) pre-planned. Yeah, I pre-planned. And looking back on it, I'm kind of like, wow, that was kind of a crazy thing to do. But it really wasn't something that we wanted to have the option of doing, and we're afraid that if we got too locked into a certain financial – relying on a certain financial situation that we wouldn't be able to back out or it would be too hard. Mm -hmm. So anyway – I um, I left that position before I got pregnant. I had two children, pretty two boys, pretty close together. They're 17 months apart. And then I was a stay-at-home mom. And I really was just in stay-at-home mom mode for a couple years. Right. And then I decided that that wasn't really working for me anymore. It was not what I thought it was going to be. And I had... Uh, a lot of challenges. My husband and I don't live close to family. We were doing it on our own. And so at that point, I went back to work. I helped start a nonprofit that I ended up working for for a couple of years. Oh, great. Which also involves a lot of writing. So yes. I did a lot of grant writing, <laughs> a lot of fundraising, a lot of marketing again, a lot of social media. And so when I left that position, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I went through really like kind of like a big – I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown, but yes, like one of her, um, I can't remember which book it's in. It might be Daring Greatly, uh, but she um, says, you know, I had my breakdown, and then it's like slash through spiritual awakening moments. Right. So that's kind of what I went through when I left that job. And I said, you know, if I just stop and really ask myself, like, what do I want to do? Not like what I think I should be doing. <laughs> Not what everybody else expects for me to do, not what works best for my schedule, not what, you know, what do I want to do? Like, I had to really dig deep and say, like, I want to write. Like, that's what I want to do. So I started a blog at that point just to really create the discipline of writing. And I then about six months ago, so that was about two years ago, and about six months ago, I had finished this book that I had started, and we can talk about that too. But I and I thought, well, I've got to kind of get myself out there a little bit more. And I started writing in more of a professional way, and more doing more kind of freelance work, submitting to other sites, and um, besides writing the book and my blog, have been doing a little bit more um, work for other sites and contributing to other sites. So that's kind of how I got to calling myself a writer, but I probably only in the last six months have said it out loud to people that I meet, you know, like, well, then well, you're what do you doing, do? Oh, you're I'm doing. a writer. <laughs> yeah, and it, you you kind of get that look like, oh, so then what do you do for money? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you've done really well then for only being out there for so long. I see that you've been posted on or featured on Mama Load, The Mid, Powder Room, 
um, scary mommies. Yeah. yeah. Doing pretty, you're on fire. Yeah, it's been, it's been a really interesting process because I, um, you know, I've really felt strongly for a long time that I had something to say and I had a point of view, but it took me a while to find that voice. And so it's been, it's been a really cool journey. I'm, I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish for sure. Good. So let's talk about how you balance that then with being a mom. Um, right. How old are your boys now? So they're eight and nine. Okay. So they're in school, right? And you're not. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I mean, that is one of the things that I have going for me, right? Like my kids get on the bus. Yeah. And go to school for a certain amount of time and then they come home. Um, so one of the things, like what I try to do, I'm really, really, um, really disciplined about my time when they're at school. Mm-hmm. When there was a lag between when I had left my job at the nonprofit I was working for and I had started writing, I mean, I could spend my days running errands, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing grocery shopping, cleaning, you know, just doing that stuff is a full-time job. And I could have done that, you know, all day, every day. Right. So when I decided to kind of add um, the other things that I wanted to be doing into that, I had to get really disciplined about prioritizing how I was going to get stuff done. So I – one of the things um, – so a couple of the things that I do is I do – for my work, I do time. I have a time blocking system. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, my kids are going to be gone this many hours this week, and these are my priorities for this week. And I block out my time in two hour slots because I can't really work on one thing for more than two hours. I get burnt out on it, and I start to get distracted, and I start to go on Pinterest and Facebook. Right. My best <laughs> can make it two hours. My well, minutes. There's, there's some transition time on, the, you know, like right. five minutes to get my coffee and sit down. And, right. Um, but I do try to um, sit down and look at my week and say, okay, well, I have this book coming out. I've got to spend this many hours on it this week, and these are the – I look at every day, and I block it out. So on Monday from 8.30 to 10.30, I'm going to do this, and um, I block out my exercise. I practice yoga on a regular basis, so I, I block out that. Um, and I also block in all my errands and housekeeping stuff into that time because when my kids are home, they have a pretty long day. Um, the way they get on the bus at 8.30, they get off the bus around 4. And so – that gives me a lot of time, but when they get home, I don't really have a lot of time left in the day with them. So I take that afternoon chunk and really spend it um, being with them, helping them with what they need to do and what they want to accomplish during the day too. And I don't really do any work between um, once they get home from school over the dinner hour, over bedtime, and I don't go back to it at night. I might do like social media, but I don't, spend a lot of time outside of the daytime doing work because that's, that's just great. I'm not the kind of person who can I've never pulled an all-nighter in college <laughs> like, that's not who I am you and um, I are like the complete opposite when it comes to <laughs> oh really are you really efficient at night um well it just depends I used to be now I'm so tired by the time I get the three in bed but lately I've had to pick it up at night just because We've had some big projects going on, and we're launching our book and doing right that stuff. But. I mean, obviously, those are not absolute rules, and things come up. You know, kids get sick, and right. 
There's some, and there's a half day of school, and I'm like, oh, half days are the worst, you know, they blow everything out of whack for a while, but um, overall, that's what I try to do, and that's kind of my system, and it's really um, has worked for me, um, and I also use Evernote to organize all my notes and thoughts, which is like a huge help for me. It's a because it syncs up to my phone and it syncs up to my computer. So I'm just dumping ideas in there all the time. And I do a lot of writing in there before I move it to my blog or move it to other places where I'm going to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like my little note techie thing that I use. Right. But um, so, yeah, I, um, I, you know, I also don't, I try really, really hard not to look at my email and social media during the day, which is, also always a struggle because I'll have like a little lull and be like, I'll just look over to email. But, you know, nothing is happening over there. (laughs) Right. needs immediate attention. Um, So when I've blocked out time, especially for writing, like I close my email, I close everything, um, and I really try to not be distracted as much as possible. And that does help me um, when it comes to – being able to work in really small, concentrated amounts of time. Yeah. Um, before we talk about your book, which I definitely want to talk about, um, w- when we emailed back and forth, you were talking to me about minimalization and yeah. what that means and with your family. I'd really like for you to kind of go into that, explain it, and how that plays out. Sure. So um, I guess a few years ago – I started hearing this term kind of thrown around as a lifestyle kind of approach to lifestyle versus like I always thought of minimalism furniture, you know, like white counters and like very sleek lines. Like I knew it as a style, like an architectural style, but I didn't really know what it meant in terms of a way to approach life. And there were have been a couple of bloggers and writers that have started writing a lot about it over the last couple of years. One of them. They're called the minimalists, and they have a book, a couple books out about this topic. There's also um, Joshua Becker writes a blog called um, Becoming Minimalist, and I was really drawn to the idea because we my we had gotten to a point in my family when I was working um, for the uh, for the nonprofit that I helped start, and my husband had a really really long car commute, and my kids were. You know, one was in preschool still, one was in kindergarten, but life just started to get feel really overwhelming all the time, mm-hmm. and I started to feel really bogged down, and I think we're kind of almost trained to always think that if we just had more of something, if we just had more money, if we just had more time, if we just had more um, you know, resources, if we just had more help. And so we're always kind of in this more mentality. And so we're always working for more. But I think minimalism gives you, makes your brain kind of flip and say, well, what if we did less? Uh-huh. <laughs> what if we had less? And what would it look like if we kind of stripped away a lot of things? And it's not just about clutter. I mean, it is about kind of not being attached to things and not filling your life with things that don't have value for you. Right. Um, and so I think it really made me kind of step back and start looking at how we prioritize what we do with our family. And some of it is probably not that popular. 
Right. I, ha- I did come. I have a couple of examples of those things. Um, but for us, we've really tried to step back, prioritize our relationships and our experiences over um, things and acquisition and really think about how we spend the resources that we have, what kinds of things we're bringing into our lives, and not necessarily take on things that don't align with our values. Uh So, and that can be um, challenging in some ways because it challenges a lot of the things that we're just used to doing. Right. I think the, the, um, probably the, one of my favorite examples is I love Evite because it allows me to decline birthday parties on my children's behalf. <laughs> ever knowing about the invitations nope. coming in the mail. <laughs> right. And that, you know, might sound really harsh to some people, but we've kind of just decided as a family that you don't necessarily have to celebrate the birthday of every child you've ever met in your school. Like, yes, they go to their, obviously, their closest friends' birthday parties, um, but we're not, as a family, like, we're not spending our Saturdays necessarily driving around every weekend um, to take our kids to other people's parties. So I think, you know, some people, that might rub some people the wrong way. <laughs> um, no, also, I, I get that. I hate birthday parties. Just straight up hate them. <laughs> I know. I was so excited when my son got to the age where I felt like it was appropriate to just say, you know what, invite over your two best friends, your cousin. We'll watch a movie. We'll have some pizza. And we'll call it a day. <laughs> right. And so we do the same thing now with our sons that are older. Like they like have the neighborhood, put the kids over for cake. Right. Like have cake on the porch, run around, play manhunt, you know, right. and that's it. Um, but we also have tried to, you know, for birthdays do more, uh, provide more experiences for our kids. So we try to do tickets. They're really into sports. So like tickets to a game or Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, so do those kinds of things right. instead of kind of bringing more things into our home. And those, um, and those are the things that create such memories, too. I mean, they can look back and say, hey, remember when I turned nine and you took me to the Dodgers game or whatever, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily um, – Never buying our kids gifts. Like I don't want to right. do that. Like, <laughs> no for you. We, right. <laughs> we buy things, but we are also relentless about purging out things that we don't use. Um, like the joke in our house is, if we can't find something, like mom probably recycled it because, <laughs> like, if it goes unused for like three days, I'm like, all right, we don't need this anymore. Wow, that is <laughs> pretty. Uh, that's that's strict. Three days. <laughs> no, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I have a, a three-year rule. Well, <laughs> You know, with my kids are at the age two now where they don't have a lot of toys, so it gets a little bit easier as they get older, for sure. And they're not really attached to um, that kind of stuff. I mean, we're still battling about the Legos. Trust me, it's not all um, all that we're getting rid of stuff. But I am, you know, like I don't save school projects. I don't save artwork. I don't um, do save that much of their stuff at all. I don't save their clothes. Right. Pretty much when we're done using it, it goes. Right. Um, so that is something that just our house functions pretty well because we don't have a lot of extra stuff around. Yeah. We don't have a lot of multiples of a lot of stuff, which can come back to bite you sometimes. But, like, they have two sweatshirts each, and that's it. <laughs> you know, you're going to wear the blue one or you're going to wear the gray one. Right. 
um, which may work easier for boys than girls. Maybe you can't get away with that as much with girls, but um, it can be challenging. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if they don't have it there, to not know that they don't have, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff that we do. Um, I don't take a lot of pictures. I don't spend a lot of time managing photos. Um, just because for us, I was, it was really stressing me out. It was like, oh, I have all these pictures on my phone. I haven't uploaded them to the computer. And then I've got to put them on the hard drive. And it's like, well, what am I going to do with these? Like, right. why am I spending so much energy and effort into something that we don't even really value? Right. <laughs> so they can sit on a hard drive. So that's something we kind of, we eliminated. Um, which isn't necessarily always popular with grandparents, but (laughs) (laughs) they'll get over it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, and I think one of the hardest habits to break, um, was in terms of buying things was, um, you know, walking into target and not just buying stuff because it's there and it's cool and it's cute and it's fun. And like, I, you know, used to buy a lot of threshold stuff at Target like everyone else, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really just don't go to those places anymore so that I'm not tempted by it. Um, And I order my paper towels on Amazon Prime and they come to my house. And so I only buy exactly what I need and I'm not buying things that are just kind of to buy stuff. Right. Right. That's that's not a bad thing. We all have too much stuff you know it's funny because I have been kind of on a journey um trying I wouldn't say that I'm going you know completely minimalist but I am trying to um to get rid of some of the stuff and to the clutter oh gosh it's it's driving me so crazy the amount of time that I spend trying to find something or whatever it is because my kids have so much stuff that their rooms just get to be such a disaster so quickly and blah 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 blah. and I'm like how much less stress would it be if they only had five toys you you know you can't make too much of a mess with that but it's tough to get there it is hard and when I first heard about this idea of minimalism and it was like um you know these two guys in their late 20s who are single I was like oh yeah like totally my eyes rolled back in my head and I was like okay dudes right like that would ever work in my household um but and but what I think just makes you a little bit more conscious it makes you a little bit more aware Mm -hmm. and I just like rattled off a whole list of things that we say no to but there's also a lot of things that we say yes to you know um we're um we have a lot more freedom to do to say yes to impromptu gatherings with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, to we live in a neighborhood where we don't really have to do a lot of scheduled play dates because there are a lot of kids around just on the street. So, you know, like they go over to our friend's house and then parents say, "Oh, let's have a glass of wine together." And then you order pizza and it's still socializing and it's still right. getting to do the things you want to do without having feeling like you had to plan for four months to get together. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> because you've got 17 stacks of laundry on your couch. or is that just- Right, right. No, <laughs> no. I mean, well, you know what I did this year is we, this just happened, and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't do this earlier, is I I started 
delegating more chores to the kids, I was like, you know what? I'm not folding your laundry anymore. You are perfectly capable of doing it. I will do it. But I drop it in their room in the laundry basket, and then they fold. They have to fold it and put it away. And, I, of course, I have to remind them to do it. Otherwise, it just sits in the basket in their room. But that was a huge kind of freeing step for our family. Like, I, the laundry burden doesn't have to be on me. Right. You know? And, um, and that helped a lot. And also, like, my husband was like, well, if they can do the laundry, they can do the recycling. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, and the garbage. Like, they're perfectly <laughs> That's right. capable of doing it. And so I think sometimes we kind of get into these ruts of just how we do things. And then we're like, oh, yeah, like, this doesn't have to be um, all me all the time. And right. Like, for me, I will be the first to admit, I had to let go of a lot of control mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. lot of expectations around how it's supposed to be done, you know? Like, because if I go back and refold their clothes because they don't really fold it and they just put it in a ball and put it in their drawer, that does, it kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, so, um, well, that's, that's a great approach, and I, I think that as we get – more and more bogged down with their lives, I think we're going to see more people kind of coming back to this whole idea of less is more. And um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good way to go if that's what makes you happy. Right. Um, And that's the thing is it's all about, I mean, the the fundamental piece is like what brings you joy and what do you value and not doing it because that's what everyone else is doing or because you think you should out of obligation or you think that, you know, who's, what does everyone think if I do it a different, you know, if I try something different? So that's the whole thing. Like, you know, that it's about what works for you and your family and what brings you joy. Like, don't do stuff that doesn't bring you joy. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Life is too short. Right. So um, you wrote a book called Good Move um, for families moving to a new home. Do you have a lot of experience moving or how did that come about? Well, uh, so about two years ago, when my husband and I started kind of reevaluating where we were as a family, and he had this horrible car commute and was driving almost an hour and 20 minutes each way to and from work when um, we had small kids, and they're not, you know, awake that many hours of flight, so... I would hold dinner, hold dinner, hold dinner, you know, and he would, like, run in the door at 730, and we would, like, eat as fast as we could, and we'd, like, throw the kids in bed. (laughs) And this wasn't working anymore. So we had talked about, you know, what – how are we going to get out of this situation? And part of it was, well, maybe he needs to take a new job in in the industry he's in. That might mean relocating to a different city. And we had been in our house for about 10 years, so I was totally open. I was ready for a new adventure. Uh Mm-hmm. And we thought, you know, like, how hard can it be? People move all the time. Like, we're smart. We're resourceful. Let's just move to another city. And we did some things really, really well. And we just, like, hit the ball in the park and we're, like, patting ourselves on the back. Like, we picked the most awesome neighborhood. My husband has a 30-minute commute on public transportation. Oh, nice. (laughs) You know, we – we were able to sell a car because we walk everywhere. Like we just, some of the things worked really, really well. Where do you live? This sounds nice. We live outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and we had been living in Massachusetts. So we kind of stayed in our same, you know, pretty, pretty close. It's about a five hour drive from where we were previously. 
Um, but there were also things that did not go as planned at all. Right. <laughs> and one of, and probably the biggest thing was we had um, a pretty big incident with the company that we had hired to do our moving, and ended up being victims of a moving scam. Oh, we ended up no. getting all of our stuff, and and um, but we lost a lot of money. So after this happened, I thought, you know. There just isn't that much really good detailed information about moving out there. When I had, when we had decided to move and I had gone on Amazon, like, I love a good guide. Like, I love a good book that tells me, you know, walks me through everything that I should expect and gives me some insight. And there wasn't a lot about that specifically for families. There might have been, like, real estate books, right. which didn't really apply to us. So it was kind of like just this little missing piece. So we – after the move, I thought, I, I think that this there's just not that many good inf- much good information. There's a lot of checklists. There's a lot of like hacks, like put cotton balls in your compacts. I was like, oh my god, I was thinking about my compacts. Right, but right. When I was moving, <laughs> that does not help me. And then when you add on the extra layer of having kids, you know, it's not just about you. It's about your kids and their emotional health and what's going on with them and helping them through the transition. Cause transitions are hard, mm-hmm. you know, moving from one stage of anything to the next is always a little bit rocky. So long story short, I thought, well, I could write this book. And I interviewed a lot of families that had moved to kind of get their stories into the book and incorporate it. So there are profiles of families, what they experienced in their move, as well as kind of practical, information about what you need to be thinking about Mm -hmm. but I also wanted to create to include the emotional side of it so it's not just you know a checklist of this is what you need to do it's also like and this is how you might be feeling (laughs) like you might even you you might think you want to move and then you might be sitting in your old house bawling your eyes out (laughs) (laughs) that's completely normal (laughs) so yeah I just wanted to have um, kind of this bank of information who are fam- for families who were going through similar experiences so they could say, you know, other people have been through this. This is totally normal, and we're going to be okay, you right. know? Right. That's good. I um, I was raised an, uh, the daughter of an Army um, pilot, and so we moved quite a bit, and then my husband and I were both in the military, so we've got – Lots of moving under our belt, and I am very glad we never had to do it with children because that just is a whole new element. It is. It just adds a whole nother, um piece of it in terms of, um, you know, decision-making. And right. so um, – and there is – this book does include um, – the first chapter is really just all about deciding to move and, like, why do people move and what are the things you should be thinking about mm-hmm. – um, from, you know, people move for their careers, they move, move for fresh starts, they move to be closer to family or be further from family. <laughs> right. <laughs> closer. But, you know, so there are all these different competing priorities that you're you're trying to take on. And so, yeah, the having the kids along for the ride um, is definitely a, an added element. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on the end of our time. Um, before we go, I did want to um, 
I'll make sure all the links to your blog and your book and all that stuff are in the show notes. But I did want to ask you if you have any um, resources that you highly recommend to every mom to help. We talked about Evernote a little bit, but is there anything else that you use on a regular basis that you'd like to share? Um, let me see. I have a couple of um, blogs that are kind of my go-to blogs in terms of um, getting my head screwed on straight. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is the Tiffany Hahn. Um, she's a life and business coach uh, and just gives really great straightforward advice, which I kind of find invaluable when I'm hemming and hawing and kind of stuck in a, operating from a place of fear. She just right. kind of kicks you in the butt and says, no, you know, you got to go after it. So to me, that's a really um, great resource, especially if you do anything kind of in the creative field. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think I dropped Amazon Prime already. Like I live and die by Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have Amazon same day delivery and where I live. So I even spring for $6 sometimes. Like, I had to order something today for a project, and I was like, I could get up and, like, go to Staples, and, like, maybe they won't have it there, and then I'll have to go someplace else, or I could just do it and be done and know that it's going to be here by the end of the day. That's nice. So um, (laughs) That's time-saving for sure. Yeah, so that's one of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I think those are probably my my go-to ones, yeah. Those are two I hadn't – I mean, obviously I know what Amazon Prime is, but hadn't even really thought about – I use it religiously too. And, yes, it is a good time saver for me. I can, instead of having to run to 17 different stores, can just order up what all I want, and there we go. I know, exactly. And, I mean, I've heard that you're not saving money, but for me the time is more valuable at this point. Um, But. But, yeah, but I'm not, like, a big discount shopper in terms of, like, bulk stuff anyway. I kind of buy exactly what I need when I need it. So Exactly. Right. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for um, for being interviewed with us today. I really um, wish you well with your writing and your book and all that good stuff. Did Are you working on another book? I haven't picked a topic yet, but I, prob- I hope to do an- another book about another transition because I just love – I love transitions. I love uh-huh. <laughs> the in-between phases that people go through. So yes. uh, that's probably going to be one of the next books on my list. That sounds good. Well, I'll look forward to seeing it. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Again, you can check out our show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 20. And if you enjoy listening to our show, we'd really love it if you could hop on over to iTunes or Stitcher, um, but especially iTunes, and give us a great review so that more people can find us too. Thanks so much.